Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we exalt you tonight. You are worthy of praise and glory and honor. All might, all dominion and power. And glory. And we stand before you tonight. In your presence. And we thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing in our life. The work that you're doing in the earth. The work that you're doing in Crowley, Texas and the surrounding Fort Worth area. The work that you're doing at Heritage of Faith Christian Center. corporately and individually. And we thank you, Lord, that we're here for a purpose and call. Lord, and that you're uniting your body, not only here locally, but all over the world, Father. That you're uniting us together. By your Holy Spirit, who is the fire in every believer's life. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're burning, burning things out of us that need to go. Lord, we say our prayer tonight is all of you and none of us. Consume every part of us in Jesus' name. Consume, Lord, that's my prayer. Consume every part of me tonight. Consume me. Consume me. I give you access. <laughs> you know, that's our choice. It's our choice to give him access to, to be consumed. To consume the wants and interests and desires that may not be bad, but they're not from him. That are human desires, human interests. Rooted in self. Father, let your fire fall on us, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
You know, I had some great moments in my life. At the altars of God in church. And I remember some of those times when I go back and remember some of the times where there was an invitation to come to the altar. And I remember sometimes where I would stand and lift my hands, close my eyes. Sometimes I would kneel at the altar. The altar to me represents a sacrifice that was made. And that I would identify with that sacrifice. And take part in that, you know. And what Satan tried to do was to say, well, people, I've seen people come up and cry at the altar and then go back unchanged. I'll tell you, the altar changed my life. Amen. It wasn't at work. It wasn't at Walmart. Yeah, I've had times at home. But I remember a lot of times at church. That's why it like hurts, like not hurts me, but like I think, why don't more people come to the altar? And so I asked the Lord. Because religion... It is about the exterior in that we think we have to put on this appearance. You know, especially with, when there's others around, you know, I, I don't want people to think, you know, the altar, we think, do we think it's just for people whose lives are a mess? Well, then throw me right in there. Nobody's got it all together. Everybody's being worked on. And it's that, it's that step of faith. It's that step of faith that says, Lord, I don't care what anybody thinks. Like, I, I need you in my life. I remember one time I was on a a trip with a in college with a we had a went on a traveling choir missions thing and I remember that the spirit of the Lord broke out right during song and people were coming out of the choir coming down out of the choir <laughs> to to kneel at the altars and I remember God gave me a vision that I still remember to this day, that night, 
somewhere in Tennessee or Kentucky at some church. He said, gave me a division. He said, I'm your father who is always with you. And that kind of stuff marks you forever. You know? I just never want to be at a place where I'm too good to lay it all before Jesus. And if, I, if I've come across that way as a leader, as an associate minister in this body, please forgive me. Because that is not the message that is in my heart. That's not the example that I would want to set. There was a sacrifice that was <laughs> that was made on the cross. And if I go to the altar just to remember that, I want to encourage you that. You can't, you can't care. That is not, that's, listen, that's not the environment that this is. That you, that you should care what the person on your right or the left would think. Are, are the rest of us so religious and pious that we would be like the one guy that says, prays a, a significant prayer that he got all the words right in his prayer and Lord I thank you that I'm not like that other man and that other man said please forgive me have mercy on me have mercy on me I don't know about you, but I need mercy. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for God's love and His mercy. And He wants to take us to a place But there's some things that we, there's a part we play. In allowing Him. It's because it's our choice. We can be saved going to heaven. But not really experiencing 
the life that God has for us. Thank God we're saved. And the cross what Jesus went through on the cross and and now the symbol of the cross I was on a plane to Canada and I was sitting beside this young man and he says when you get to the town that we're going to and flying to He said, when you go downtown, you're going to see a lot of crosses there. I said, really? I said, what does that mean? He says, those are represent people that have died. I said, well, that's not what the cross means to me. He was not a Christian. Those represented people that had overdosed on drugs and things. And I said this out of my mouth. I said, the cross means to me the sacrifice that Jesus made for us so that we can be saved from our sin and a life of eternal damnation, be in heaven with him one day. And I think that's what the way most people would describe the cross. But that's not all about the cross, even though it's everything at the same time. You see what I mean? I mean, what greater thing could it be to be saved from eternal damnation? That's that's. But at the same time, there's so much more to the cross. That he took on, he took on our sin. He took on our sickness. He was wounded for our transgressions. Yes. Amen. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Every sickness, every disease, every nasty thing that's in the earth that Satan brought in through sin, he took on. So that not only could you be saved. from your sins and from eternal damnation. Mm -hmm. But so that through His resurrection you can have the resurrection life of God in the earth. Yes. Amen. And we (laughs) we get really excited about the promises of God Obtaining them by faith, resurrection power, the power of the resurrection means I can obtain all the promises of God. I preached it all last year. Mm. But it says that Jesus 
humbled himself yes, Lord Jesus. and became obedient unto death. If he doesn't die, he's not risen in the life of God. If we don't die to ourselves, how can we walk in the life? Doesn't mean you're not saved. Doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. The Apostle Paul says... I am crucified with Christ. With Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I that live. But Christ who lives in me. It's no longer Him. It's no longer me, it's him. And if we can't identify with the cross in that, Jesus sacrificed himself to death. That means that the life that I want, the the desires of my life, my intents, I, I have to lay before Him. I mean, I wanted to be, you know, professional athlete. I wanted... I wanted for my life to live on the golf course and play golf every day. That's what I wanted to do. And you know what? I still have that choice if I choose. But that wouldn't be the life That wouldn't be the life that God had for me. He has so much of a better life. I didn't even want to preach tonight. Nikki, <laughs> do you want to do this? Do you want to do this?
He said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. That means daily I have to put down like what I want to do. You don't think that your pastors, <laughs> you think they just love this all the time? <laughs> oh, man. He said, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Forever desires to lose to to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Deny himself in the amplified says disown himself, lose sight of himself and his own interests. Refuse himself. This isn't <clears throat> People read those scriptures and they think it's just about it's just about like sin and it's not. There's plenty of things that we can take interest in that aren't sinful. And those things can take us out, take us away. When there could be one experience in church that marks someone forever. One experience at the altar that marks someone forever. I was a very... I think I'm going to go back and <laughs> probably make fun of myself for all this. <laughs> I was a very selfish person. Ask Nikki. So I know what I'm talking about. And so when I see that in the lives of people, maybe nobody in here. Maybe they're all online. And I think if they only knew what life really could be. Sure, they're going to heaven, you know, and all that. But as I 
begin to understand the love of God. And I would ask Nikki's dad, can you preach on any, what are you preaching on? Love again? Can you preach on anything else besides love? Oh, we've all got it. We're supposed to love God, love other people. Blah, blah, blah. That was almost a quote. I might have left out the blah, blah, blah part. So there's so many times where I had to put down what I wanted to do. And guess what? I had the means with which to do it. I had the money. I had the time. There were sacrifices that were made. But all along, God's working something. He's working in us when we do that. We grow. In the fruits of the Spirit. Because when I... It says in Romans that in my flesh, nothing good dwells. So I don't grow fruits of Spirit by getting my wants and desires all the time. And we would teach our son. We have to go to church. No, you don't have to. You get to. It's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of praise. I don't feel like praising. You get to praise. But it's in the sacrifice... And me dying to how I feel. That the resurrection life of God is manifested in my life. You want to get rid of selfishness? Get married. Try to be selfish and be married. Let me know how that works out for you. I don't hear any marriage uh, counseling where that's a positive thing. Am I right? Then, if that doesn't cure it, have a child.
What is the nature of a child? They are selfish. Children are selfish. You just hope that, you know, they grow out of that. Right? I mean, you don't want to have to part the whiskers and put in a baby bottle. Some of you get that later. Jesus said, (laughs) to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Why does he say take up your cross? He says daily. Take up your cross daily. Because when I take up my cross, I remember what he did unto death. And that my life is not my own. That I've been bought with a price Of his shed blood. (laughs) So when I take up my cross, I'm identifying with his with his death that he died. He had to give himself up. He could have called down legions of angels. He was struggling with his will before the Father as he prayed. Let this cup pass for me. I don't want to do this. Is there any other way? (laughs) Nevertheless, we need more neverthelesses in the body of Christ. We need more, not my will, but yours be done. We need more, not my Interests, but I take interest in your interests. It's daily taking up the cross. Daily. So that He can be glorified in me through His resurrection life. Because if I don't die to myself, I can't give life. The kind of life that God wants to Glorify Himself in and through us. How do I do this? How do I... How do I do this? How do I deny myself and take up this cross daily? Can I use a word that many of you may not get up and run around about this word? 
But it's the word discipline. A disciple is one that is disciplined. And I could tell you from personal experience that the discipline of me denying my selfish wants and interests, God was working in me His love. And I grew in love. Listen, I grew in love through discipline. There is faith. Listen. There is faith in discipline. When you don't feel like it and you do it in faith, you have just denied yourself and given God a chance to work in your life. How hard is it to make the bed? How long do you think it takes? Maybe three minutes. Do you know why I make the bed? Not because I feel obligated to do so. But because I love. When my wife comes home and goes in the bedroom and she sees a a made bed, she likes that. I want to make her happy. But I learned that, you know what? When I look at the bed and go, I don't, I don't want to make the bed. I don't feel like it. I don't want to make it. No. no I'm just, I don't feel like making the bed today, so I'm just going to leave. The discipline of going over to making that bed, oh, that only took like two minutes. How hard was that? So every time, I use that as a silly example because every time that we, could, we deny ourselves, we're growing. We're growing. Amen. We're growing in love for God and love for others. (laughs) Always caring about the scripture says, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. Another translation, the passage translation says in 2 Corinthians 4.10, we continually share in the death of Jesus in our bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity.
Another scripture in Romans says, If we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. So if we died with Christ, then we must believe we'll also live with him. It's faith. This takes faith. This is a life of faith. (laughs) Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. But he lives to God. Likewise, reckon yourselves to be dead, indeed, to sin. Be dead to self-interest. Be dead to self-desires that are not from Him. I'm not saying we're the... I only use myself as an example because I haven't known... I haven't known all of you for 40 plus years. But I just remember we started this youth event at the church every Friday night, you know, so the kids can come hang out so they wouldn't go smoke weed. (laughs) We bought some arcades and things and For three years, <laughs> I was up there every Friday night from 8.30 to past midnight. And there are some nights where I'd go, Nikki, it's only like 9.30, but it feels like it's 2 a.m., And these teenagers are running around, spilling their Cokes and stepping on their pizza. And I'm 40-something years old thinking, oh God, what have you done with my life? Is this my life? working he's not only working in me but he's working all the lives of these young people that were coming in there where they didn't even they didn't even know Christian music and they went out singing Christian music because that's all we played in there you don't know the lives you affect sometimes because you denied yourself and you showed up to give God a chance to do something with you and through you.
I had this great message. There is one scripture I need to find. I just, I just, I just want to do what he wants me to do. Amen. <laughs> My plans haven't quite worked out. I remember when I gave them up. I was somewhere between Chelsea, Michigan and Jackson, Michigan, somewhere on I-94, where I said to the Lord, that's it, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done chasing I'm done. And that's when, in that case, I, a couple of things, I was talking to him about money. That's when, after that, our business took off. I thought I was so great at business. I wasn't even, until <laughs> I said I was done. just got out of his way. And it's in our pride, pride and self go together. It's it's in our pride that we want to win an argument. Only by pride comes contention. It's in our pride that we think We're the gift that we make the difference. I've seen a lot of people in the body of Christ that have a lot of knowledge but haven't picked up on the Spirit And if you have a lot of knowledge, it can produce pride in itself, even if it's Bible knowledge. I had someone say to me one time, I can pray for your knees. I know your knees bother you. Let me pray for it. Oh, no. I have faith to be healed on my own. Okay. If we would lay ourselves down says that Jesus stripped himself. 
of having any kind of reputation. You give somebody a title and it goes to their head and the next thing you know, it's like, wow, they can't even get through the door. Their head is so big, so large. I'm not necessarily talking about anyone in here. I don't have anybody in mind. I naturally have a large head. Naturally. Face is long. I walk into the restaurant, sometimes they say, hey, why the long face? These people are just looking at me going, what's he crying about? At least, at least help me. I know that Jesus had the promise that he would be raised in three days because he told his disciples. But he died as a human. In faith that what God had said would come to pass. There's a lot there in that statement. There's nothing that there's nothing that I'm too good for that can change that's an opportunity that can change someone's life. There's nothing that's beneath me. Because it's all for him. The greatest is the servant. Who's greater? The one that is sending or the one that's being sent? Because they both share the same reward. Who's greater? The disciples were having this discussion. I want to sit on your right. Who's the greatest among us? Oh, I know. It's the one that has started a podcast. I'm not talking about our church podcast. You know what? I'll leave that alone. It 
It's just funny the ideas that we get. Even though they may be with good intentions. Did he tell you to do it? I'm amazed at how, and this is the last thing I'm going to say because I don't want to. I think it is. Amazed at how spiritual people get. When you ask them to help serve in the house of God, now they need to pray about it. I think. (laughs) What else do you pray about? We just wanted to do anything that would advance the kingdom of God. Amen. Whatever that meant. There's a lot of things that I've done that I didn't want to do. And then there's a lot of things I wanted to do that I didn't do. No greater love is any man than this than a man lays down his life. You give yourself. You deny yourself. It's not easy all the time. I'm serious. I didn't want to preach tonight. I did not. I did not want to. Does this shock anyone? I said that came in. I said, Pastor Justin, you do you have something? Are you sure it's not your night tonight? He said. He said he could talk about Jesus wept. In other words, it'd be a short sermon. You know, don't look at me so holy. Let's let's talk about some of you. We got to get out of this thing of trying to appear this appearance because it, it's 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 holding things back. Are you going to be the one that holds? things back. And we flip we flip this on the devil that we're not coming to church to get something, we're coming to church to give something. Because the time where you don't want to give is the very time that God uses you in the greatest way. Because it took faith. It took discipline. There is faith and discipline. It took those things. It took denying yourself. That's faith. That's living by faith. How can you talk about death and talk about faith? Because Jesus did it. 
Do you have some antidote that you want to tell us now? Do you have one? You. You in the blue. The blonde. <laughs> Grab that mic. There's another word we don't like very much. But listen to this verse. Hebrews 5, 8 and 9. Though he was a son, speaking of Jesus, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected. Sometimes when you don't want to, and you're obedient anyway, it works perfection. So in your suffering, you're being perfected. So let him perfect you through any suffering, anything you don't want to do. Therein lies the suffering. You don't want to do it, and you do it. I'm talking about good things, not bad things. The suffering (laughs) of forgiving someone, the suffering of walking in love, The suffering of getting to church early and teaching the kids. And then, you could pass this down to your kids as well. Because their nature is what? To be selfish. You can teach them now to not be selfish. And that they can do things that they don't want to do. I mean, we used to get, we used to have to eat stuff we didn't want to eat, right? And if you didn't, what happened? Or, you know, you could get spanked. We can't say spanking in church anymore, apparently. Not here, but I'm just saying. Can we say spanking here? Oh, yeah, we can say it here. Whooping. That's a good old southern spanking. Come come rescue these come come rescue these folks. Before I Miss Pastor Nat. I got a mic oh. Come rescue them. May I sit down? Yes, you may. Thank you. God bless you all. I love you. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I told him, I said, if you if you tag me, I I, I have something, and and it, but it is flow with kind of what he talked about, and it's just one scripture. Well, it's not one scripture, but it's just one place here in scripture it's in second peter chapter one verse five says but also for this very reason give all diligence add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge 
into knowledge self-control, into self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness. You notice that when you you got born again, that was the faith there, but, but at the same time, there's something that we have a responsibility in our maturity and in our growth. Here Peter says, add to your faith virtue. That's moral wisdom. To your virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. Godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For Now listen, for if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he, he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be ever the more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what takes place when you go to the altar. That's what's take place when you make sacrifices. That's what takes place when you choose to do what you don't want to do. That what's happening is you are setting yourself up to be fruitful in every good work. Amen. You know, there was an old song. I don't even know all the lyrics of it. And I'm not going to try to sing it. Um, but it's just the phrase... And I understand that Jesus is the one that makes us right. Jesus is the one that made us righteous. And we know that we're holy because he's holy. But there's an old song that says, Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Amen. What is a definition we can use for holiness? Becoming just like Him. Being just like Him. Father, we just thank You for the words that were spoken into our hearts. And I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that took this opportunity to minister to each one of us right where we are. That I believe that there is a marking taking place in our hearts. That's preparing us as we step into 2024. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Eric, for your obedience and just being a vessel that God could flow through tonight.